Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion. We're so glad you have joined us for this sermon. You can find all our sermons at our website, holycommunion.net. How does this wafer become Jesus' flesh and blood? Many years ago, when I was what is called as an aspirant for holy orders, I was required to attend a meeting to observe the final oral exams of candidates about to be ordained in the Episcopal Church. These candidates for ordination to the priesthood were asked this very question. What is the sacrament of Holy Communion? How does this wafer become Jesus' flesh and blood? All took a turn, nervously or confidently answering Episcopal definitions, or directly quoting theologians' teachings of the sacraments, all basically summarizing what they had learned in sacramental theology. Which, in the end, as good Episcopalians say about most things, it's a mystery. And this is where we go where we've always gone as church. When we hear these passages from John's Gospel of Jesus declaring himself to be the living bread after feeding with his own hands the 5,000, we respond to this passage of Jesus telling us to eat his flesh and drink his blood, much like the Pharisees we hear today in this Gospel. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? This is where we go. As I said a few weeks ago, we make it about the bread. Wars have been fought and are still being fought on how this wafer becomes Jesus' flesh and blood. Schisms and heresies have been declared and defined all over how this bread becomes Jesus' flesh and blood. We have required confirmation in preparation. We have stressed, held committees over wafer versus bread versus gluten-free versus chewing versus melting on your tongue. And so even back at that commission on ministry just a few years ago, oral at that oral examination, we make it about the bread. And remember for John, It's not about the bread. What is the sacrament of Holy Communion? How can this man give us his flesh to eat? The final candidate to answer happened to be the one and only woman that year. She was silent for a while. And then she answered the question by telling this story story about her time in Calcutta on a mission trip she had recently returned from. She said, I was walking through the sea of humanity, through the always crowded streets, through all the poverty, the filth, the colors, the beauty, and the many, many people sitting and begging or crammed up against a wall with their hands out. But from all those faces, 
One man, sitting on the street, stood out for me. She said, maybe I noticed him especially because he had that starvation look of hollowed out cheeks, eye sockets deeply defined, his legs obvious bones. So I paused and we made eye contact. She said, he saw that I had seen him and he said to her, sister, please. Moved, she said, give me a moment, give me a moment. And she went and bought some bread. And she went back to him and gave it to him and was ready to walk on. But then she said, he did the most incredible thing. He said, thank you, thank you. As he took the bread and this starving man, he broke it in half and held it out the other piece to me and said, here, here, you take this. She was taken aback and said, no, no, it's all for you. And he said, please, take it, eat. So she took it and sat down there on the street and ate with him. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is for the life of the world. Jesus is saying all this to his disciples because his life is about to end. Jesus will no longer be in the flesh. So he's trying to drive home the point. And we're hearing this for five Sundays because it's the most important teaching for his disciples and for us to really accept. It's not about the bread. It's about how Jesus becomes present in the flesh through us. And how this happens, I'm going to give you a Greek word, is called kenosis. It's even in Paul's letter to the Philippians, so it's real. Kenosis means to let go, to empty oneself. And Cynthia Bourgeau wrote that in Jesus, this self-emptying pattern is, re reveals itself not as love stored up, but love utterly poured out. It's about making eye contact with the starving man in the midst of the sea of begging faces, bringing him bread and eating with him. And it's about sharing the bread we've been given even when we are starving. How does this bread become Jesus' flesh and blood? What? is the sacrament of Holy Communion when we accept the truth that we are Jesus' flesh and blood in this world. But to accept this truth, it means a radically different understanding of who we are and what our life is about. 
It means living a life of pouring it out and being filled up, pouring it out and being filled up, orienting it around being in kenosis. It means prioritizing our lives around the pattern of letting go of self-centrism, living a life that allows God's love to pour out of us. It means even letting go of the American ideal of pursuit of happiness as an individual right, because to be Jesus' flesh and blood means a life of love not stored up just for me and mine, but utterly poured out for all. Our life is about the right answer being love. It means knowing that we, as a church, are here, and however we can gather on Sundays and every day, is about to empty ourselves and be filled up with this incredible love, which will just keep pouring out of us to do the work God has given us to do, in spite of ourselves. We gather to be reminded of our true self, and thus our real purpose, that we here on Jackson and Delmar, online, are nothing less, remember, nothing less than living bread for the world. That's what we're here for. Episcopal priest and author Stephanie Spellers, in her book, The Church Cracked Open, says this. I just have to read it to you. Jesus' life on earth was a downwardly mobile path, she says. Jesus could have been a prince on a throne, holding power, riches, and every kind of privilege. Instead, he denied it. He let it go. He consciously chose a path that assured suffering, humiliation, desolation, and finally death on a cross. None of this was an accident or coincidence. Jesus entered as he did, where he did, doing what he did, because God needed us to finally comprehend the truth. God is not a sky king who, needs an who heads an empire. God is the love that gives itself away for the sake of more love. Jesus could only communicate that point by standing outside the power structures and inviting disciples to join him and discover new life with him on the margins. In Jesus, God shows us what it looks like to be this vulnerable, humble, and self-giving. In him, we see one who did not run from the things that broke his heart nor did he first calculate what he would gain from a situation. Jesus sought instead to give away his life so he and others might flourish, flourish as God intends. God invites us into a covenant whereby the power of the Spirit we can choose to allow our hearts to break and then take the pieces of our lives, our goods, our love, and our privileges, and share it all like a broken loaf of communion bread.
Alleluia. Therefore, let us keep the feast.